Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Hear the word of the Lord in John chapter 8, verse 30. The Bible says, As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, We Can Be Free. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word, God. I thank you for allowing us to gather together in your name today and read your word. I pray now that you'd cause it to make sense, Lord. I ask you to anoint me to say the things that would be sound doctrine, God. Strengthen my body, my mouth, and my mind, and give us ears to hear what you say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is a holiday in America. Now, I have to say in America because some people think that the whole world is on American time, but it's not. America is just a really tiny, small part of the world, and we need to have a bigger picture. Amen? But for us, for the people in America, this is called Independence Day. And America celebrates July 4th every year because it was on uh, July 4th, 1776, that the members of the Second Continental Congress adopted the final draft of the Declaration of Independence, and it wasn't until 1941 that America made July 4th a holiday. They keep coming up with new holidays every year. Have y'all noticed that? I mean, eventually, we're going to have it the way young people want to have it, to where there's more days off than days on. Uh, That's a different message for a different time, but today marks the 245th anniversary of the signing of that Declaration of Independence. Now, I am not going to belabor this point, but I am going to tell you this. Anybody espousing 1619 as the beginning of America, anybody reading the 1619 Project, anybody believing that America was truly founded in 1619 on on the basis of slavery, uh, I want to help you make your case better. It's not 1619. People, there, there's a whole hullabaloo out there saying because slaves came to America, um, it, to Virginia in 1619, which is true. But if you really want more ammunition in your pocket, speak with the truth. Slaves didn't, that wasn't the first time slaves came to America. Slaves helped the Spanish discover Florida in 1565. So now if you want to go ahead and write a bestseller book, you, in, the way the 1619 Project got famous, go ahead and write your 1565 book and you'll be more accurate. <laughs> Y'all already sitting back on your heels. Whatever you think the founding of America was, whenever you think it happened, one thing I think we can all agree on, today's a holiday. And you chose to be in the house of the Lord. And God says in all labor there is profit. And I know God has some profit for you. So America formally recognizes itself as a 245-year-old nation. And I did a little research on that because I've always heard growing up, now, at, I'm gonna be 57 years old in a couple, or 58 in a couple of weeks, and so I've been around for a long time. I've been around 
Uh, I remember the bicentennial. I still have my bicentennial quarter. How many people remember bicentennial? Y'all are old. <laughs> With me. Uh, so what that means is get the 55-plus menu at IHOP and do yourself some justice or anybody else who has one. But that, I, I remember when America was less than 200 years old. It, it formally recognizes 245 years today. But it made me think, because I always heard America is a young nation. Now, to most of us, 200 years don't sound young. Maybe to Uncle Ken. I mean, he's, he's coming, coming up on 80. Uh, but 200 years nationally, that is really not much time as a country. And I'd heard that my whole life, so I did a little, uh, a quick research, and I came up with some, some places that really make America sound young. Iran was, has been a country, these are countries that have existed as a country since. A lot of, comp a lot of countries uh, got renamed and, and changed hands and did a bunch of stuff like that, but these are companies that have been continuous countries since. Iran was founded 550 years before Jesus, plus all these 2,000 years. So they're over 2,500 years old as a country. We're not even 250 years old. They're more than 10 times older than us. They've had 10 times more time to get their stuff together. And I want you to know they're not as together as we are. Five people said something. Uh, Japan. Older than Iran, 660 years before Christ. Greece, older than Japan, 800 years before Christ. Ethiopia, older than them, 980 years before Christ. China, even yet older, 2,000 years before Jesus came, China was a nation. Now just scratch your head and think about that. We're, we're, we're talking about all, all what America needs to get done in the next five minutes, and these countries have had thousands of years to get stuff done. Afghanistan, 3,000 years. Afghanistan, I never even heard of Afghanistan. You didn't grow up knowing about no Afghanistan. Half the people in this room couldn't find Afghanistan on a map right now, and there's one back there. If you want to find it before you leave, go ahead and feel good about it. Uh, you know, ask somebody if they know. They don't either, but... Afghanistan is older than Japan at, at over 3,000 years before Christ. This one didn't surprise me. Uh, the, the, the top two hitters didn't surprise me because this is where the bulk of the world lives. India, that's where the bulk of the world lives. The largest population in the world lives in India. I, I would love for you to do a population uh, check and find out that the 330 million people that live in America make up this much part of the world. But America thinks it's all that and a bag of chips. Listen, America is a tiny percentage of the world, and India's been doing business as India for over 3,000 years. But not even half as long as the oldest continuous country in the world. Egypt was been doing business for 6,000 years before Jesus. That's a long time. That's a long time. And do you think Egypt's got all of, its, all of its particulars worked out as a nation? Do you think Iran's got all its particulars worked out as a nation? Let me ask you this, and I'm going to get into the word in a minute. Do you understand that every nation in the world has problems? 
Every nation. These nations I mentioned have problems, and they're older than us. But every day when I turn on the TV, I find some spoiled, rotten athlete, some multimillionaire complaining about America, trash-mouthing America, throwing shade on America about how, well, when America finally lives up to its best ideals, then I'll stand up for the national anthem. Hey, do what you want to do with the national anthem, but do it with some intelligence. If you want to take a knee, do what you want to do, but do it with some intelligence. Show me the nation that is living up to perfection. We, I mean, every, every day you can turn on the news and see somebody complain. Well, America's not living up to, to its best self. How about you? Oh, y'all wonder why there's empty seats in there. I just gave you a five-minute lecture on, on how to get more empty seats. We live in a young nation. We live in an evolving nation. We live in a nation that, 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 that is constantly trying to clean up the mess from the people that came before us. And I can tell you this as a man who's traveled all over this world, that America is still the best place on this planet to live. And if you don't agree with that, go somewhere. You've been some places, Deacon Dixon. Is it rough out there? Is America still the best? All right, see, people, it's like, well, bad mouth America. Do you know over the last three months how many people of color from, the, from Mexico and Guadalajara have, and El Salvador, do you know how many people have come across and been contacted? I'm not talking about the ones that snuck in. I'm talking about the ones who they wrote down their names have come across the border in the last three months. I'm going to give you the daily average just to make your head hurt. You ready? 6,000 people a day. 6,000 people a day have signed the registry on average for three months in a row. Over half a million people in the last three months have walked across deserts and swam across the Rio Grande to try to get into this country. And you know why? Because they know something that a lot of people that live here have already forgot. This place is better than that place. You, listen, you, you can dog anything, you, 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 but you can't dog my boots. You can dog anything if you want to. You can talk bad. I remember when Billy Graham came to Jacksonville. I went down there, and I thought, you know, it's going to be a big thing. Let's, let's go on down there. And there were people out there politicking, signs held up, just condemning Billy Graham into the ground. I thought, man, I always knew Haterade was free, but my Lord, these people splashing on everybody. You can hear, listen, you can hear people bash Bill Clinton. You can definitely hear people bash all the Trumps. You can hear people bash President Obama. You can hear them bash 45. You can hear them bash some of everything. There's always shade to be thrown, but here's the reality. You get to decide, do you want to be part of the problem or part of the solution? Because talking about it but not doing anything about it is not going to help. Freedom is hard to get. And it's harder to maintain. And we're going to talk a little bit about freedom because I believe freedom is something to celebrate. 
do, do you know there's estimated over 50 million people in the world today still enslaved in penile work camps, in sex, tra sex trafficking, and forced drug runners? Uh, they didn't sign up for all that. But there are a lot of people that don't enjoy the basic freedoms we do. I hear people talk about how hard it is to get ahead in America. Let me say again, I've traveled all over the whole world. You know, in many parts of the world, they send their children out at dawn to dig through landfill rubbish dumps just to try to bring home a handful of food. People talk about how hard it is to get ahead in America. Do you know in most parts of the world, they don't have, you talk about all the potholes on 103rd Street you want to, you know in most parts of the world, they don't even have paved roads. Get a broader mindset than just America. God is God over the whole earth. Get a broader mindset than just your race. God said every people from every nation, tribe, and tongue should come together and worship him. Freedom and advancement is difficult. And we're going to look at some freedom topics today because I know as we meet here today, the government tells us that we're free uh, from, from their oppression uh, but there's, there's, there's different ways of freedom, and it's not just freedom politically that I'm talking about, nationally that I'm talking about, but I'm talking about freedom spiritually. Because, listen, America, uh, Ronald Reagan, love him or hate him, Ronald Reagan said it over 40 years ago that America is only one generation away from tyranny. Because the majority of kids right now that are in college, college-age young people, the majority of them are choosing socialism over capitalism. Guess what comes with socialism? A tyrant. Socialism, if you study socialism, guess who socialism favors? Not the top 1%, the top few hundred that are in charge that's who it favors do you know in broke poor countries like North Korea everybody in power over there lives like gazillionaires do you know in Saudi Arabia where there's still slavery that the, the, the top people over there still live like gazillionaires do you know in Africa where there's still places that have no infrastructure at all but the government leaders live like bazillionaires am I right or wrong Victor when we, we look at America, we talk about, well, you know, it just can't, can't get ahead. Every, I'm going to tell you again about broke people, then I'm going to move on. Every broke person I ever knew that claimed to be broke in America still had a pack of cigarettes, a lighter, and a cell phone. That's not broke. That's, I ain't got what you got. I ain't got what Bill Gates got. Bill Gates ain't got what Jeff Bezos got. Everybody's got somebody. Yeah, see, Steve Ballmer thought all his money was going to help the Clippers get into the finals. Didn't work out for him either. See, even rich folk got problems. We are free in one form, but spiritually, I'm in a room full of people that are bound by sin. We're free from the government in some ways. Although I believe this whole COVID thing is a setup. I believe the whole thing is a setup. We never stopped having church one day through the whole pandemic because God was in charge. Now all of a sudden, all those pastors that called me up 
And all the church members that called me up that, that, that said that we shouldn't be having church. Uh, now all those churches are open now. What changed? It's still out there. People still catching it. I mean, the stuff they, they had us going through, listen, here's my personal belief. Now, please, take care of your health. Wash your hands. Don't cough in somebody's mouth. Wear a mask if you got, you know, issues. Uh, do, do what you feel best about doing. But here's the reality. I think they just wanted to see what they could force on us. Can't go to the movies. That hurt me to my heart. I love going to movies. That's what me and my children do. Can't go to movies. Can't go out to eat. There's nobody that affects more than me. We don't even keep food in my house. Y'all know me. We eat out every night. Tell me, can't go. I remember when Georgia opened up. The day Georgia opened up restaurants, me and my two sons loaded up in the Navigator. We drove across the St. Mary's Bridge, and we ate at Applebee's. And we, every time we cross that, that state line now, we still start screaming, stand up, Georgia, because we were glad somebody was standing up saying, you ain't going to keep us out of a restaurant. But, but I just think they wanted to see, can we make them all wear masks? Can we make them stay home from church? Can we make them not go to my, There are people who couldn't go to their mother's funeral. My mother was just in the hospital, 79 years old, had a heart attack. They went in there and pumped her arteries out and put a stent in her chest, told me and my sister, uh, y'all have to leave. Y'all can't sit in here overnight, COVID. Like, we've been in here for four hours. Where COVID comes out nasty at night? What's that? COVID got, got on the clock? Where y'all at with this? This whole thing has been ridiculous and a setup. Talking about now, yeah. Uh, they, they don't even care about it now. People are just like, you know, whatever, whatever, just go on and get it. But I, I remember it wasn't too long ago, they made you put a, a mask on to get a seat at a restaurant. Then, 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 then as you sit down, they let you take it off. What's what? COVID don't work sitting down? I can't walk past you with a, with a mask off, but I can sit next to you and sneeze all over your head? Believe how you want to believe about that. It's not what I'm here to talk to you about. But I, I do believe the government is tweaking us. Can we, can we get them to do what we say? How far can we push them? So by the time we have next year, stick around for next year. We might have a whole different Independence Day message next year. Because right now they're calling us somewhat free. But I'm going I'm to get off the political side of it and get to the spiritual side of it. Because many of us... Uh, still have bondage in different areas. Some people here are still bound to the penalty of sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin, the payment, the penalty of sin is death, eternal separation from God. Some people are, 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 haven't, haven't been freed from the stronghold of the enemy in their life. They, they've still got stuff holding on to them. I want to tell you something. If you ever truly leave some stuff behind, it will try to drag you back. If it didn't try to drag you back, I don't know. I want to talk to you and find out what your real testimony is. Because even Peter went back to doing what he was doing after Jesus died. And the disciples followed right along with him. But there are strongholds that will try to keep even saved people back. 
I'm talking about we need to be free from the penalty of sin. We need to be free from the stronghold of sin. And last thing we're going to talk about in a minute, we need to get free from ourselves. I get all my theology from the Bible. And, and it, it seems like, I mean, if I cared about how many people were here, I'd probably quit doing this. Because I've had people complain about every preacher I've ever mentioned, every singer I've ever mentioned. Just because I mentioned somebody in a message doesn't mean I co-sign on their lifestyle. doesn't mean I co-sign on everything that they've ever done. It just means they said something that made sense to me, okay? So for all y'all haters out there that don't remember Michael when he was the king of pop, Michael told us the truth. When he wanted to see change, he said, I'm starting with the what? That's what it is, y'all. You gotta, if you want the world to change, take a look at yourself and make a change. If you want something to be better, you got to be better. If you want more, you got to do more. If you want to come up, you got to get yourself in a position to be blessed because I believe it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in thousands of people's lives. We can be our own worst enemy. We know what we should do, but we don't do it. We, we, we know we should stop doing things, but we keep doing them. And, and then we want to whine and complain, I don't know what, my life's not working out. Uh, you're still spending nine hours a day on Internet porn and blaming God for your finances? You're still cheating on your fourth wife because the first three divorces wasn't fun enough for you? I mean, it's crazy to think people want to blame on God when, when, when we are bound into these things. I'm, I promise you there are people in this very room that wish they could control their temper better. There are people in this room that wish they could break bad habits, get off drugs, alcohol, sexual addiction. People in this room wish they'd be more faithful to their walk with God, but people are still bound it's like being a slave the bible says if you commit sin you're a slave to sin it's like we, we're supposed to be living in a free country why would we allow ourselves to be bound by sin i'm gonna tell you this because we're not plugging into the right source because here's the reality if you could quit doing all that stuff on your own you'd already quit it if you could get better on your own you would already got better on your own but we need the lord we need the Lord. See, when, when, when I hear songs sung today, I hear songs about how, how awesome people are and how, how God's lifting me up. And I'm thinking, that ain't what songs are supposed to be about. Songs are supposed to be about us lifting up God. But there is a song that I will co-sign on that, that, sing, that, that uh, has phrases that start with the word I, even though we're supposed to be singing about him, that old hymn that says, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Do you have a lifestyle that says you need Jesus? Because if you think you can get through this life without Jesus, I'm going to tell you this. You're unsaved. Because to get saved is, is to flat give up and say, I can't make it on my own. I had somebody tell me one time, one of my best friends at the time told me uh, when, when he found out I'd become a Christian, he said, Christianity is just a crutch for stupid people. Yeah, I felt that too. I'm like, who are you talking to? Crutch for stupid people. He said, yeah. 
It's for people who can't, who can't make it through life on their own, and they need something extra. And God just anointed me right then at that moment. And I told him, man, I was upset when you said that, but, but I, I want to go ahead and high-five you and chest bump you because not only is Jesus a crutch, he's my ambulance, he's my hospital, he's my intensive care unit all the way down. If you think you can make it through this life on your own without Jesus, I'm telling you, you're in for a rough ride. And people being held in slavery to sins, emotions, feelings, wanting to do better but not doing better. Two steps forward, three steps back. Get a little momentum and then get knocked back down. Start climbing up the ladder spiritually and fall all the way back to the floor, uh, that if you want to get better, you can get better, but there's some steps. Look at somebody and say steps. God can set you free from anything. God can set you, and I'm going to say it again because nobody, nobody heard it. God can set you free from anything. If, if I just started, if I went around the whole room and I started with Mr. C and I went all the way back to Elder Keon in the sound booth and I said, what's that thing? That's dragging you down. All the smart people, all the spiritual people, all, all the super dedicated people, they would answer quickly. All the people faking it and fronting would be like, oh, I think I'm doing okay. No, you know why the spiritual people would answer quickly? Because they've been praying about it. They've been talking to God about it. They know what that thing is that trips them up, but I want you to know today, you can have spiritual freedom if you want it. You don't have to live in, in the mess that you've created. You don't have to live in a captive to governmental restriction. There is a life beyond this natural life. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God wants us to have life on a higher level. The reality is most church folk are living so natural that the world can't tell church folk from unchurched folk. I've gone to so many different people, job places, ask for them to a co-worker. They say, well, who wants to know? I say, well, I, I'm, my name's Scott Becker. I'm, I'm the pastor of the church. They go to church? What kind of church that is? Listen, if the people around you don't know that you love God, extra, extra, newsflash, breaking news, beep, 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 breaking news, alert, you don't love God. It's the same question people have asked forever. If you were on trial today for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to get you convicted? Would anybody stand up and co-sign for you? Listen, if you want freedom, you can get freedom. I still believe in spite of the, the obvious uh, horrors that, that this country has perpetrated on people and still perpetrate, I still believe with all the issues and the problems that we got. We just looked at nations that were set seven, 8,000 years old, 5,000 years old, 3,000 years old, 245-year-old nations still trying to grow, still trying to evolve, still trying to do better. I still tell you, we're the greatest planet we're the greatest country on the planet we they we there's some kind of framing in there i'm not completely sold out that all the people that started this country were really as christian as they say that's just my belief but there was some you can see it in their writings there there was there was a framework of christian ethics there was a framework 
of the Bible. And let me just say to all of you who have friends, I know some of you, we've talked about it. You want to be able to witness to your, your, your siblings, to your cousins. Some of you have parents that are involved in different religions. Listen, Islam tries to tell every person of color that Christianity is the white man's religion. That is a lie. Everything that America knows about theology, ask any preacher, ask any theologian, everything that every Western country in the world knows about theology can be traced back to the teachings of St. Augustine, who was an African. This lie that Christianity is the blue-eyed devil's religion that drug you over, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a lie. Christianity is for everybody. Can somebody say amen? So we, we, this country, had, it, it started with some good stuff. It messed a bunch of stuff up. But there was a time, I can tell you this for sure, there was a time in America where the average person knew more about the Bible than they do today. Listen to this national survey. I don't even want to take it in here because I don't want to embarrass nobody. They, they, they did a large base cross-cultural uh, nationwide survey year, years ago and asked, who preached the Sermon on the Mount? Now I would think, you know, how do you miss that? 58% of the people didn't know. And Jesus didn't come in as the top answer. I'd have guessed Jesus if I didn't know. Then they asked this, is the book of Thomas in the Bible? Well, where do you find Thomas in your Bible? Half the people didn't know that. Now, here's, 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 here's one. How many, uh, now, none of this can make you saved. I'm not saying it will, but I'm just letting you know how illiterate we are as a nation biblically. How many apostles did Jesus have? 71% didn't know. And 70% of the people said emphatically that the phrase, God helps those who helped himself, is in the Bible. But it's not. Neither is cleanliness is next to godliness. This is just old fable stuff uh, with some truth in it. Uh, I mean, here, here's one that I, I can't say should be in the Bible because God put in the Bible what needs to be in the Bible, but I just love this. Um, and it, it's just my background. And uh, everybody comes from a different place. And I, I, I got the majority of my ministerial training in the years I spent in a 99.999% African-American church. And you know what, you know what African-American churches have that every church needs? Mothers. Little old ladies that'll tell you the truth no matter what. And they have, I, I got some of my best in, information uh, from, from church mothers. And there's this one church mother, she used to tell everybody. She had one saying, everybody knew what she was going to say. You walk by her, if anything was out of place, she's going to say, baby, God don't like ugly. I thought, man, I wish I could find that in, in, in a chapter and verse. Because God, I'm not talking about your look. You can't do much with it. But these people have no idea what's in the Bible. There's more information. We live in what they call an information age. There's so much information out there, but, but there's less knowledge uh, about the things that count. This is the first generation in the history of the world where boys didn't know if they were boys and girls didn't know if they were girls. Uh, the, the governor 
uh, Andrew Cuomo of New York, his daughter came out. I'm like, man, I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty astute. I read probably legit. I probably read anywhere from 9 to 15 hours a day. That's all I do. Uh, you call me, ask me what I'm doing, I'm going to be reading. And they keep coming out with all these new versions of, of, of what they think these people are. And she said uh, that she first thought she was lesbian, but then she, you know, found a guy she liked, so she told her parents she was bisexual. Then she got into college and, and found a better word that more suited her, and she claimed to be pansexual, and, which means she'll just take some anything, and that's what it means, pan, uh, it's broad-based. Uh, and now she identifies as demisexual. And I'm thinking, the only demi I know is Demi Moore. How you dragging, oh, Demi Lovato, how you dragging these people into your sex life? But it's, it's, it's constantly evolving. There used to be two genders. Then, then they added a couple. Then they got up, they published a thing in universities of 75 genders. Now it's over 100. Now they got people starting, starting off job interviews wanting to know uh, what pronouns do you use? What pronouns? He, she, they, them. I'm like, come on, bro. If I can't look at you and tell what you are, you got bigger issues than what kind of pronoun you want me to call you. But we live in a world that has less information about the right Stuff. A hundred years ago, people didn't have to go to conferences on how to raise their children. Didn't need nobody. Didn't need to go buy 12 books on how to raise their children. Children just got raised. You know why? Because mama beat the snot out of them. And then said, wait till your father gets home. Lord, if you're my age or older, you know, my mom said a testimony. She gave testimony just a month ago. She'd have been put in jail for what she did to me if she did that now. Man, my mama hit me with golf clubs, baseball bats, extension cords, anything she could find. If you're my age or older, you remember a world like that. But you know what? We didn't have 12-year-olds carrying guns threatening to shoot people if they disrespected them. We didn't even have 12-year-olds looking for respect. Because parents were, were, were bold enough to tell their child, little boy, you better shut up and sit down. Man, I see these kids arguing with these parents today in public places. It make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I told you all about that time I was over on Commonwealth at 295. I don't even know, is the DMV still over there? I don't even know. Um, the DMV used to be right there at 295 in Commonwealth. I was standing in line. This boy was terrorizing his mother. And she was just done out. And I could tell in her face she was done out. And this kid was screaming at her, cursing, just making a spectacle out of stuff. And I finally had all of it I could, because I, I tried every kind of way I could to get this little boy's eye. I finally said, ma'am, I'm wearing a nice leather belt. If you give me permission, I'll take that child into the men's bathroom. And you never, she grabbed him and hugged him 
It's okay. It's, I'm like, it's okay. He the one terrorizing everybody. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> Newsflash. Don't do that. I grew up in a time. Anybody on the block was liable to beat you. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't in this. I tell my mother, good, she'll beat you too. Man, I'm telling you, America has lost its way. It's lo- we got all this information out there. We're going to conferences on how to raise children. They didn't have to used to go to conferences on how to get out of debt. <laughs> Folks didn't have enough money to get in debt. They, they spent their check at the grocery store, put some in the plate, and went about their business. <laughs> Could you? There was nobody. Listen, the average person in debt now has over $50,000 worth of debt. A hundred years ago, nobody even conceived of $50,000 in a lifetime. But we, we know more information, and we got less knowledge. And then how to teach people how to stay married. We got over half the marriages in America failing right now. And there's marriage conferences every week in every city in the country. They didn't have them. People just stayed married. We didn't have to teach teenagers how to get off drugs and alcohol. Now we got conferences on that. Well, that because people followed the book. We didn't have to teach young people. One of the leading causes of death in uh, children in America is teenage suicide. We didn't have to teach children not to kill themselves back in the day because mama used to look them in the eye and say, boy, if you kill yourself, I'm going to snatch you back and kill you again. And they knew, oh, I better not do that. Better not do that. We got all this information now, and we're so illiterate about what the Word of God has to say because the church has allowed the world to shape how we think. We, 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 we claim to be free, but many people are allowing themselves to be bound by the things of this world. Slaves to thoughts, attitudes, lifestyles, actions. I've told you so many times that Christianity in and of itself is designed to be a counterculture. A counterculture is something that is visibly different from the mainstream. Now, it's getting harder and harder to come up with new countercultures because, you know, back in the day, people used to get a tattoo and think, Ooh, oh, oh, wow, he's out there. He got a tattoo. wonder what his family thinks. Now you got people tatted up. Have y'all seen Post Malone? You got people tatted up with stuff on their eyelids and everywhere. You, you can't even get into that. People used to get earrings. And I remember in the 70s when people started putting that earring up here. That was different. Now, on the tongue and everywhere else that we can't talk about in mixed company. It's getting, but a counterculture is designed to be different. When the hip-hop crowd came out, uh, hey, y'all, y'all remember, uh, Criss Cross will make you, five of y'all, uh, ba- baggy jeans, long jersey, still is, 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 is the flavor. Uh, hip-hop, people that are in the hip-hop life, you, you can tell when you see somebody because they go out of their way to look different. Um, anyway, hippies. Man, I, I remember the hippies when I was a little kid in the 60s and, and the 70s. Y'all know they was all driving that van made by who? Volkswagen. They had that hippie van. And, and they had that peace sign. And, 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 and they were all, you know, well, it's natural. What it's doing to you looks unnatural. But you could look at them and tell. We, we, 
what happened to Christians? Now, I'm not trying to say you should dress a certain way to say that you're Christian. I don't believe in that. I think the church tried to put bondages on people. Uh, I tell you all all the time, uh, come, come wearing whatever you want. Just wear something. Don't come naked. It'd be cause a scene. But there ought to be something visibly different about your life if you claim the name of Christ. Somebody ought to say something to you about you. Somebody ought to recognize you respond differently on your job, in your family, at your school. You ought to stand out because Christianity is different. He called us to come out from among them and be ye separate. Now let's get into the text because we're talking about freedom. And the way to walk in real freedom is to follow the Lord better. Jesus said in our text that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I've talked to you about this verse before, and if you've been around for a while, you know what I mean when I talk about I have these mental disconnects. When I read something in the Bible, and I'm like, hmm, I know it's true because it's in the Bible. It just ain't true in me yet. You can't get that level of honesty just anywhere. Most pastors act like they're perfect and pretend to convince you that they're better than everybody else just to get your money. But when I read stuff in the Bible, and I'm like, hmm, that's one of them tough ones. Uh, I, I, see a, I see a problem, a disconnect, something not right, something doesn't fit. I know God's word is true from cover to cover, but he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, most people in this room know the truth, but we ain't free. And there were things in my life that I was struggling with at that time when I was having that, that read, think, disconnect, thinking, okay, well, I know the Bible is true, so how is it that people who know the truth are so bound? How is it that people that know the truth are still living life on a lower level than God's best for them? And I, I, I believe that I found the answer. And obviously, it's in Scripture. We quote that verse, you should know the truth, and the truth should make you free. Uh, but but we, we quote that verse and believe God for freedom. But the problem is, verse 32 is an extension of verse 31. And without verse 31, you cannot step into verse 32 because there's a qualifier in verse 31, one of those if and thens I'm always telling you to look for. And you ought to do that in your daily Bible study. When you read the Bible, pay attention when you see clauses that start with if, this, 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 and then say then, this, 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 this. If and then set up promises. If and then set up victory. If you do this part, then God's going to do that part. But too many people want to quote stuff. I see people, and it's, you know, it's whatever. Uh, you, want, you want to get T-shirts that, that say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's cool. But if you're not doing anything, probably ought to left that alone to somebody else. People are like, I, Pastor, I'm trusting God for my money because he already promises. My God shall supply all my needs. According to his riches in glory. Paul said that about himself. That is not a promise to every believer. He said that about himself and to the group of people who were supporting his ministry. He was confident God was going to bless them because they gave over and above what everybody else gave. Now, if you're giving over and above what everybody else is giving, then you can hold on to that. But I'm going to tell you something. Every verse in the Bible ain't for everybody at all times. Because if you want to believe that uh, I can speak to my mountain, you give me the, ge you give me the geography where your mountain is. I'm going to go to it. I want to see you. I cast it into the sea, Pastor. I want to see it. 
I, I, I speak things. I want to see it. I want to see it. We're claiming stuff that we're not walking in. I don't know where you are in, in your life, but the, the, the theme for 2021 for Abundant Life is it's time. And I can tell you for me personally and for most of the people in this room, it's time to do better. It's time to get on with the getting on. It's time to start being and doing all these things that we say we are. Verse 32. Uh, put verse 32 on the screen for me, Elder. He says, and ye shall know that. Let's, let, I know that ye's throwing, y'all. I don't know why. But uh, that, that means you. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, that's talking to a very specific group of people. And that's not talking to everybody. It's talking to people who fit into verse 31. So put verse 31 on the screen. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if, see that word, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Now put verse 32 up there. See, that's not even a period. That's a semicolon. And you shall know the truth. Who is the you there? The ones that believed on him. The ones that continued in his word. That ain't just for every half-baked Christian that trying to claim promises that you're not walking in. That's why we don't do that. Hold the Bible up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I ain't trying to get you killed. Making false confessions. Blaspheming. Uh, None of us are everything this Bible says we are. None of us have everything this Bible says we can have. But if you want what it says you can have, you got to do the if if you want God to do the then. I want everybody in this room today to be, have spiritual freedom, freedom that God provides for us to walk with him. Because here's the reality. The three things I've been telling you all since we started this church. Anybody know what they are? Read your Bible. Say your prayers. And make good choices. That's the basis of my life. That, that, that's what I teach my sons. That's what I teach y'all. If you will just read your Bible every day, talk to God every day, and make the best choices you can, you will find yourself moving closer and closer, becoming more and more of who God wants you to be. But we've got some stuff that we've got to do. And if you just read your Bible, say your prayers and make good choices, but you don't involve God in that, that's not going to work either. You gotta have, there's only one person who can effectively live the Christian life 100% of the time, day in, day out, all the time, and that's Jesus. And you got to get Jesus on your side. you got to get Christ living through you because I want us to walk in this freedom uh, I think there's lots of people in this room that fit into this passage that can lay hold to this if we would just do what the Word tells us to do. Uh, put verse 31 back on the screen. Let's, let's look at this prerequisite. Jesus said to those Jews which believe on him, comma. I tell you all the time, pay attention to the punctuation when you read the Bible. It'll help your understanding. Slow it down. Think about it. Try to get it on the inside. Try to understand it. Then try to live it out. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. I think most of us fit into that believed on him part. Then he said, if, okay, so now we got some stuff to do. If you continue in my word, that's the clause. That's the prerequisite. That is the condition to verse 32. If you continue in my word, and this is only for Christians. 
Coming to church and trying to do better without getting saved will not get you to heaven, and it surely won't get you free from your addictions. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, this is for believers. Believers don't have automatic freedom from, from emotions, thoughts, habits, addictions, strongholds. If believers continue in his word, then are you my disciples indeed. So there's the if and there's the then. you got to be a believer. you got to continue in his word. And then you are a true disciple. Short of that, you are missing it. The breakthrough comes from following verse 31 where it says, continue in my word. Say continue. Continue means to stay before or to be in the same proximity. You got to walk with God. You got to get close to God. You got to stay in his word. You got to know the word of God. If, if we just passed out paper and pen right now and said write down every verse of scripture that you know, how many verses could you get on your paper? Hmm. That's not going to get you to heaven being able to write down scripture on your paper, but it is going to get you to be able to walk in the promise of verse 32. All right, you can't do anything to get saved. You don't, have to, you don't have to make any change in your life to get saved. The Bible says we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You put your trust in Jesus, and salvation is yours. But I want to move past salvation. I want to get into blessing, and I want to see you get there too. This, this, this key to continuing is it, it, the Hebrews eleven six 6 uh, concept. It says, whosoever comes God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Have you been diligently seeking the Lord? Oh my, I wish I, wish I had enough truth serum to just dope everybody in the room up right now. My, we'd have your eyes rolling in the back of your head and we'd ask you questions. And the question I want to know is, have you really been diligent this week, this month, this year? Lots of people made promises on the new year, oh, going to make that change, going to make that New Year's resolution. Do you realize that this week has started the second half? We're already halfway through 2021. All right, I got, uh, what's the date, the fourth? I got, uh, what's that, four and 16? I got 16, I got 16 days left or my prediction is going to fall. I didn't say it was God and I didn't say it was prophecy, but, but I did predict that within six months, uh, Kamala Harris would be our president because Joe Biden, they, they can't take his messing up on tape. And they're talking about doing a cognitive test on him uh, this week. And so y'all pray for Kamala. Uh, president Harris um, is on her way, but that's a different message for a different time. Uh, y'all get tense. Anytime I say something, y'all just, let, let, let me help everybody in the room. Let me help everybody in the room. I start with the white people because they're the most tense. Everybody in this room that is black knew they were black before I said anything today. Every brown person knew they were brown. Every Asian person knew they were Asian. And you probably even knew you were white. Black folk, y'all were black before you met me. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, according to Bishop, he only going to do his three things. They read the Bible, say your prayers, and make good choices. Bishop says it constantly. He just wants to stay black, die, and see Jesus. Uh, now, so don't be so tense. Look at somebody and say, lighten up. 
You, the Bible says laughter does a heart good like a medicine. I want you to receive the word of the Lord, Lord joyfully. My, my question to you, honestly, how free are you from all your bad habits? How free are you from all of your emotional attacks? I'm telling you, the, the attack on the body of Christ today is in the mind. We, we've got more people struggling with, with, with uh, emotional issues, fear, nervousness, worry, anxiety, depression. Um, it, it is very real, and mental health is, is at an all-time low in our country, and it's a real problem. Uh, and God has a solution for every problem. But how free are you from addiction? How free are you from negative imagery of yourself and of others? How free are you from judgment and criticism of others? You know, here's, here's the thing. I always know about somebody. If you're criticizing other people, you're not spending enough time self-checking. Because if you were self-checking, you wouldn't have time to be judging anybody else. And you would understand you reap what you sow. Better leave them folk alone. Or somebody messes with you about yours. We all have issues. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, but you, there are things that we ought to want to do that some people are just having trouble. You want to read your Bible more, but you keep failing that. You want to pray more, but you keep failing that. You want to be a better worshiper, but you keep failing that. I'm going to give you uh, a threefold formula this morning for freedom. Number one, according to our scripture, put verse 31 on the screen. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. First thing, you got to those who believe in him. Now, here's the thing about this belief. This, this word believe can mean a lot of different things. I believe that uh, Uncle Charlie's Sandwich Shop on Lane Avenue makes a good sandwich. I believe that. You might believe different. I believe that strawberry is a better milkshake than vanilla. I believe that pecan pie is better than everything else. And it's pecan. Y'all have Yankee influence in your life. You've been subverted. We can disagree on that. Believe has levels. I believe that Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. I wouldn't bet no money on it. All that whole thing could be a setup. It all could have been just, just rewritten. Every ounce of it. I don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, I believe George Washington chopped down a cherry tree. Could have been an apple tree. I don't know. I don't, I don't bet any. I don't, I, don't, I don't count on it. The, when it says to believe on him, if I say, do you believe in Jesus, everybody would one-eyed roadwalking sense believes in Jesus. He's the most talked about, most documented human being in the history of the planet. There are more books written about this one man than any other human being that ever lived. Everybody believes that there was a Jesus Christ from Nazareth. Our whole calendar is set up on him. It's 2021 based on this one man. Now, they've tried to because all systems now are trying to erase everything about Christ. They tried to change B.C., which means before Christ, to B.C.E., which means what? Before the common era. You just would take Jesus out of the calendar like that. Hey, you ain't fooling nobody, but everybody believes in Jesus. I, but I like it the way the, the Amplified, the old Amplified, when the original Amplified came out before it was amended. The old Amplified for John 3.16, 
said, whosoever believes in, trusts on, clings to, and relies on him and him alone for salvation. This is the spiritual, scriptural understanding of the type of belief that would get you salvation. Because if you read the New Testament, the New Testament says you believe in God, you do well. The devils believe also and tremble. The devils aren't going to heaven because they believe in Jesus. And a lot of people that believe in Jesus in their head, but they don't trust in him. They don't cling to him and him alone for salvation. Hopefully you've got your salvation in place. You want to be really free from everything that's bothering you? emotionally, relationally, physically, spiritually, financially, then you got to get saved for sure. I'm not talking about being a better person, joining a church, changing some habits. I'm talking about having a true life-saving experience, a change on the inside where God takes up residence with you, where when, when you hear people talk about the Lord, it clicks with you. When you hear worship, you well up with tears. When you want to worship this God who saved you when he didn't have to, when you know for sure that you were lost and undone, a sinner on your way to hell, but God spared you by his grace and the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ, was applied to your life I'm not just talking about yeah I believe in Jesus I believe in Mickey Mouse I was shocked when I was a little kid I was at Disney World Mickey Mouse took off I, I saw him through the fence took off his little helmet head and he was a little girl How are they going to have a girl being Mickey Mouse? I, and I didn't even want to see what they had under Minnie Mouse. Listen, believing in something, I believe that uh, McDonald's makes some of the best sweet tea in the city. Isn't that right? If you want sweet tea, you can't go to half these rich, ignorant fools. How do you know how to make sweet tea? It's just frustrating. I don't even order in a restaurant. Too many people mess it up. Don't put enough... Man, my mama made sweet tea so strong. If, if you left that much in the bottom of a cup, by morning, it'd be solid. <laughs> that sugar just congeal all together. That's sweet tea. I believe McDonald's make good sweet tea, but they can mess up. I'm not counting my salvation on getting a good cup of sweet tea from McDonald's, but I'm counting my salvation on the fact that Jesus lived, died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. That's the kind of belief the Bible's talking about. So that's, that's first. Say first. Second, you got to be a real disciple. you got to be a real disciple. Now, to be a real disciple intimates to you that there's what? Fake. Oh, there's fakers in this room. I don't know who you think you're fooling. Because what does it profit you if you fool me and the people around you? If you know you ain't saved, you, you need to get saved. If you know you're not a real disciple, then, then you need to get to be a real disciple. Put verse 31 back up for me, Elder. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, that's first, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. See, Jesus is saying that some of y'all for real and some of y'all ain't. And the catch, the clause, the prereq to get to freedom is being a true disciple. Now, you've heard me say it for, for decades. What is the root word of disciple? Discipline. Discipline. It is hilarious how, how, many, how many kids have no discipline 
at all. It is just wild to me. I see these kids just running around, acting wild, and I've had people say, well, what can I do? Oh, you could do a lot. My children never run around that crazy day in their life because they knew there was going to be consequences on that. There was di- people, this generation hates discipline more than any other generation. Do you know more people flunk out of basic training now than at any time in the history of the United States military? What do you think, Sergeant Major? They, 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 they flunk out. Why? Because it freaks them out. When I sat down with, with Jake and the recruiter, my son's in the Marine Corps. When I sat down with him and his recruiter, he said, we need to ask you some personality, some psychology profile stuff. And it's going to be long. And they kept us there through all these checklists. And they say, uh, how, how do you respond to authority figures? Jake's like, good. They said, how, how do you do when someone tells you you can't have your way? He looked at me. He said, good. And he kept asking me questions. I said, look here, dude. I, I, I can save you on all these questions. Why, watch my son. I said, Jake, ha, have you ever slammed a door in my house? No, sir. I, I said, have you ever gone into your bedroom and, and closed your door harshly? He said, no, sir. I said, why can't you close your door hard in my house? He said, because I don't own a door. That's your door. I said, I said, I said, uh, all those shoes, uh, all them Nike shoes you got, all them Jordans you got in your bedroom closet. I said, how, how many of those are yours? He said, none of them. I said, do you own a toothbrush? No, sir, that's your toothbrush. You just let me use it. I said, see, this is this is who I'm dealing with here. People are like, wow, wow, that, that, how's he gonna make it in life? He graduated at the top of his class in Marine Corps boot camp. He didn't have no problem with somebody telling him to shut up and sit down. If your children side-eye you, <laughs> let me get to go something else. Y'all going to just have a fit. The root word of disciple is discipline. Discipline is not bad. Discipline is good. Discipline is not there to hurt you. Discipline is there to help you. Only immature people think that it's bad. Here, here's, here's the immature person. Uh, mama, I'm, I'm going to go out with my friend. Um, Okay, be home by 11. 11? Johnny ain't got to be home till 3. Well, you ain't being raised by Johnny. Oh, you just hate me. You, you, you don't want me to have any friends. You don't want me. You just hate all my... No, mom's trying to save your life. Discipline, rules, they're set in place to help us, not to hurt us. If you want to be free spiritually, financially, emotionally, relationally, if you want to be free, you've got to be a real disciple. And the third thing, you've got to know the truth. Say, know the truth. Put verse 32 up. It says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. He's only giving this promise to the people who believe in him and who are real disciples. So if you are like 99% of the people who come in my office for counseling because their life is falling apart. Pastor Scott, I just don't know. I don't know. It's like no matter what I do, it's just we always behind on the money. Uh, Okay, well, y'all know where I'm going to start. How much you reading your Bible? And almost everybody says what? Not as much as I should. Well, how many days a week out of seven? Uh, two or three. Come on now. Well, let's, let's just stop saying you're doing everything you can. All right? 
Because, and, and, and here's the thing, and I'm going to go there, and some of y'all heard it before, but I'm going to still go there. People tell me I don't have time to read my Bible. I'm busy. I got lots of things to do. I don't have time to, to, to read my Bible. Some days I just get caught up. Let, let me ask you this. When, when you brush your teeth before you leave the house, do you, do you rinse the toothpaste out of your mouth, or are you just like, I ain't got time to spit in the sink. I'm just carrying this with me. When, when you go number two, do you take time to wipe your behind, or are you just like, I'm in a hurry. I just got to go. I ain't got time to be doing all that. I'm busy. No, you do what you make time to do. You got to be a real disciple, and then you can know the truth. Now, in the Greek, the New Testament is written primarily in Greek, and that the word, if you study that word, know, in this verse, it's the Greek word, genosko. Now, what's interesting about that word, it comes from a Hebrew word, which is the same word that the Bible used in the beginning of Genesis, where it said, and Adam knew Eve. Any of y'all got any ideas yet about what it meant for Adam to know Eve? Back in the old days, we would say in the carnal way. Uh, to, to know, it, 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 it signifies intimacy and entanglement. I don't want to get no deeper on this about what this is because there's children in the room. But it's you got to be in God, and God's got to be in you. There's got to be some intimate entering in. There's got to be some involvement. It can, it's not casual. The knowing he's talking about is not casual. It's intimate. Do you know the truth? Well, I know Jesus. He's talking about his word. Do you know what this book says? God gave us one book to read. Most people haven't even read it. Most people haven't read this book. It's 1,189 chapters. Take you 72 hours to read it at a slow pace. You can do it if you set your mind to do it. But you're not going to know the truth just by coming to church. If your only investment in your spirituality is showing up to church a couple times a month, then you're never going to enter in to all the requirements in verse 31 and 32 to get this promise. Have you hidden God's word in your heart? Do you continue in his word? You've got to continue in it. Jesus said the truth will make you free. It's the same book in John 17. Jesus said that the truth is God's word. So when, when the Bible talks about do you know the truth, it's asking do you know God's Word. Now, you don't have to know chapter and verse. Many of you know my story. When, when I first came to Christ, I, I saw somebody was carrying around a list of Bible verses. They had memorized 100 Bible verses. I'm a competitive person by nature. I decided I was going to memorize 1,000, and I did it. And I've, 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 I've added way more to that to my memory list since then. But I realized it doesn't matter how many thousands of verses you can quote chapter and verse verbatim without messing up. It was uh, Candy West, Connie. Candy had a little, a little booklet, and she was walking around. Uh, Connie was at the same church I was at when I first got saved, and Candy would ask me to quiz her on some of her Bible verses. And I thought, wow, you got all these memorized? I thought, that's pretty impressive. I bet everybody think I was somebody if I got a 1,000. Th I'd be walking around to people. I'd say, hey, Chrissy, just flip any one of these 900 pages in here. And I'm, I'm trying to work on my Bible. And I wasn't trying to work on my Bible memory. I had all those verses memorized like I know my middle name. Uh, but I realized this. Number one, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. 
I was doing that for me, so don't be haughty in your Bible knowledge. But number two, what I've come to understand, and this is where you kick in, it is better to know a portion, a half, a, a fifth of a verse of Scripture that you apply to your life than to be able to quote the whole thing front to back. Know something about this book. Know something about this book that you live out. And don't feel bad because you don't know all of it because nobody knows all of it, even religious eggheads that can quote it from beginning to end. But you got to know the truth. you got to know something about what this book says. Everything that we know for sure about God, we learn from this book. This book is different than every other book. This book of, of itself says that it is a living book. It, it, it will change you if you will read it. you got to get into this book to, for, for God to change you. you got to get into this book to know the truth. So it says, and you shall know the truth. When? When you have believed in him for real, God say for real, when you discipline your life and you stay inside this book. Think about what the psalmist said. In your word do I meditate night and day. You, you, you got to you think about the life of Daniel, truly blessed by God, had three quiet times. The average Christian don't meet with God once daily to have a Bible study. Daniel was having three Bible studies. You got to get into this book because the more you get into this book, the more it's going to get into you. And then when you have that crisis moment of decision, you're, you're going to be able to recall Scripture. And God's going to bring Scripture to your memory. And you're going to be like, no, I can't go there. I can't do that. I mean, that's not what I'm about. But the only thing that can come up out of you is what's in you. You're just not magically going to have Bible verses popping into your mind if you ain't spent time listening to the Word, reading the Word. The freedom that I want you to have, only Christ can give you. Freedom over sin. Freedom from, first, the penalty of sin. The Bible says that the payment, the penalty for sin is death. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father but by him. Jesus said that the road to heaven is narrow, and the road to hell is wide. Everybody's not going to heaven just because they smile nice in church. Jesus said you must be born again. I hope you've done that in your life. I hope there's a time in your life where you went from being what you were to start becoming what God wants you to be. That, that gets you free from the penalty of sin. But there's also the power of sin that, that, that pulls on all of us. God wants you to be free from the power to sin. Some of y'all, truth be told, uh, as soon as you cuss, you say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to work on that. Why don't you let God work on that? Why don't you give your mouth over to God and start reading his word out loud? Why don't you give your mouth over to God and start praying out loud? Why don't you give your mouth over to God and start singing worship songs out loud? And watch how your mouth gets clean. Whatever area of your life that, 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 that power of sin keeps pulling you back to, you need to give it over to God and let God deal with it. If you could fix it, it'd already be fixed. we got to trust in the Lord. So God wants us to be free from the penalty of sin. God wants us to be free right now from the power of sin. One day, ultimately, we're going to be free from the presence of sin. When we make it to heaven one day, we're not going to have that sin pulling, pulling at us. We're not going to have that old nagging issue that, that drags us back down. But while you're in this life right now, Jesus said you'll always have trouble. And I don't know what kind of freedom you need today, 
But I'm going to tell you this, real freedom is found in Christ. And if you're here and you're not saved, you need to get free from the penalty of sin because there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Don't believe these liars that say there is no hell. Jesus preached 16 recorded sermons in this book. 15 of them he spoke directly about hell. There is a hell to shun. You don't have to go to hell. I don't believe God would send people to hell. You, well, then you better not choose against his son. He talked about it all through the Gospels. Read the book. You don't have to go to hell. God paid the price so we all could go to heaven on Calvary. Even the thief on the cross, he called out and called Jesus Lord and asked him to remember me. And that man never been in church. You don't have to go to church to get saved. You don't have to work in the uh, nursery to get saved, sing in a choir to get saved. You don't have to put any money in the offering bucket to get saved. you got to call out to Jesus and, and believe in him for real. I hope that you've done that or, or you're, still, you're still bound by the penalty of sin. Every one of us who are Christians, sin has power in your life. Don't think it doesn't. Everybody in this room that's truly saved has something that stumbles them from time to time, something that trips them up from time to time. And, and you can be free from that. If you would just give it over to God, you, you can get free from that power of sin over your life. Maybe you need deliverance from an addiction. Maybe you need deliverance from a bad attitude. Maybe you're struggling with bitterness and unforgiveness and you can't let that go. Listen, let me tell you something. That person you're mad at, you're doing more damage to yourself than you're doing to them still hating them. You got, you got to let go of all that and choose Christ because strength is found in Christ. Forgiveness is found in Christ. Deliverance is found in Christ. When the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a unique Greek word right there. Sometimes it's translated saved and sometimes it's translated delivered. And I want to tell you, whatever you need today, whether you need salvation or whether you need deliverance, if you call on the Lord, he can give you what you need. I wish five people could say amen. I'm going to pray and get out of here. I was going to have a big altar call, but I'm not going to do it. Walking this aisle won't save you. Praying with me won't save you. If you're here and you need salvation, you need somebody to talk to, find me after church. But you can ask God where you sit right now to save you. And if you mean it, he'll do it. Some of you have tried to get saved three, four, five times, ten times. Listen, I did the same thing. It never clicked for me until July 15, 1981. And after that, I never had to worry about it anymore because he did a radical work in my life. And, and I, I used to wonder, why do some people walk out and pray to get saved and it happens for them and others don't? And then I saw in the Bible, God told Jeremiah, you'll only find me when you search for me with your whole heart. If you want salvation, if you get real with God, God will get real with you. I promise you that. If you need somebody to talk to, find me, call me. Let's get together and talk about it. If you're here and you're saved, you don't need to talk to anybody but God. If you're saved, that means you got a personal relationship with the Lord. You just ought to turn it over to God. The Bible says cast all your care on Him because He cares for you. You ought to. You say, well, I've tried that. Keep doing it. The Bible says keep on asking and you shall receive. Keep on knocking and that door shall be open unto you. The freedom from this, for this country, Independence Day, all that's fine. But the greatest freedom there is is freedom in Jesus Christ. Pray with me. God, thank you for making us free. Thank you for sending your son to pay our penalty, God. Thank you for laying the stripes on Jesus and not on us, God. Thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. God, I thank you for 
the spotless lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world so that people could have access to fellowship and relationship with you, God. I pray for every lost person in this room today. Lord, those who are not truly saved, you said that they can't come unless your spirit draws them, God. So I pray that you would draw every unsaved person to you. Father, for each Christian in the room today, God, I pray that you'd fill us with your spirit and empower us to break habits, God. Take us higher in Christ. Take us deeper in relationship with you, God. I pray that you would strengthen our unity here. Let us love each other in spite of each other's faults and differences, God. We're a unique group of people. Help us, God, to love each other as we should. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for living inside us, God. I pray as we leave this place today, we would leave with an awareness that you are God alone. We love you, and we give this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.